a website is the most important thing a company in today's world should have a good strong website which works as their sales team online because when people are googling you or when you try to do any marketing if even when you give a business card to someone the first thing they will do is they will go google you where your website will come up or they will straight away write your website address both these platforms are technologically so advanced that they give you some scripts and codes that you put in your website and it can track everything the website person is doing on your website so much so you can show them ads on google on youtube on display like you can retarget that person for such small money Hello 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 it is a Tuesday and I'm super pumped for today's episode with Namita from Above Digital and I'm going to tell you all about today's episode and why she is a digital marketing guru but before I do that I want to tell you the three reasons why this episode is my top favorite of the show so far number 1 this podcast is 10 episodes old can you believe it here I was just a few months ago getting ready to launch and making hilarious dancing videos what's that you haven't seen those yet well if you're looking to learn some moves you've got to check out my instagram channel at @therainbh and as they say time flies when you're having fun and it's been an absolute party for me on this show and the amazing guests we've had so far and i hope you've enjoyed the episodes so far so please leave me a review or give me a thumbs up on wherever you see this message i'd really really appreciate that the second reason is that this episode is all about digital marketing a term i personally feel is as vague as the term space and there's so much to learn every day and that's exactly what we do in this episode we'll break it down piece by piece and the third most important reason why This episode is one of my top favorites is because Namita is such an amazing businesswoman and I couldn't help getting lost in her story in so many parts of this episode that I can't wait to share with you from her first website design job to her toastmasters situation all the way to how she founded her niche by visiting spas and art museums Namita tells me a fascinating story about how she launched her digital marketing business and all the trials and tribulations of an elevated entrepreneur. Now before we get to the music, I want to quickly introduce you to Namita and her amazing team at Above Digital. Namita started Above Digital in 2004 and over the years her team and her have grown to help over 300 businesses reach their target audiences and convert prospects into customers. In 2010, she started conducting workshops on digital marketing for corporate giants like ARN, Dubai Golf, Dubai Businesswoman and just so many more amazing businesses in and around the Middle East. Namita is also a fellow podcaster and the host of the podcast which I highly recommend called Successful Marketing for Small Business Owners in Dubai. where she dives into conversations with prominent business owners and inspiring personalities about their personal journey and what it takes to create their successes again i am super excited to welcome namita on this episode and i can't wait for you to dive in right with me so stay tuned and let's cue the music you're listening to the elevated entrepreneur podcast a podcast designed to help retailers restaurateurs and entrepreneurs simplify business operations and use modern technology to elevate their business here's your host deren batia namita hi and welcome to the elevated entrepreneur podcast it is so amazing to have you you're an amazing figure in the world of marketing and i want the audience to know who you are so tell us a little bit about yourself please hi thank you so much for having me on the podcast and it's a pleasure i'm the founder and ceo of above digital it's a digital marketing agency based in dubai united arab emirates i'm running this agency for almost 20 years now i think long time <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. And I'm very passionate about digital marketing. I mean, since I'm 16, I always knew I want to get into the web world. You know how you and I met? I don't know if you remember how you and I met. We met on a cruise actually of yeah. all the places. This is back in 2015. Was Above Digital already running then? Always, yeah. I came to Dubai in 2000 and I did freelancing and I launched the company, registered my trade license in 2004. Amazing. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long journey. Lots of struggles, <laughs> lots of failures, and here we are, still growing. 
what made you start about digital so i come from a business family being a girl born in a sindhi family i don't know if you know anything about it i was not allowed to do a job so only option i was left with was to open a company or stay at home and you know just chill <laughs> and i chose to do the latter i was very proactive i wanted to study i started when i came to dubai in 2000 because i was not allowed to do a job i started studying about at that time it's not digital marketing i mean digital marketing is a big word i started as a web development agency like a web agency so i learned how to design websites how to do programming asp php so i've done the basics like i would sit and make programs and work with arrays and ifs and thens and all of that then after about a year of studying and all i finally decided that it's time to go out and get a job i convinced the family to let me work and i found myself an amazing job with 6000 dirham somewhere in bar dubai and just the day when i was getting ready for my job my ex husband is like are you all excited to do a job i'm like what to do he's like so namita ramani to do a job i'm like i guess he's like why don't you start your business i'm like how do you start a business You look at this Gulf News, and there are all these ads on classifieds for web design and websites for this much. You can start somewhere here. We can put an ad for three fifty dirhams, and let's see how it goes. So he basically convinced me to not go for the job again because of the family pressure. I guess I don't know why, but it worked out for best. I'm so glad he did that. And we put our first ad in Gulf News classifieds for three fifty dirhams. I got my first website project for seventeen hundred dirhams. I would go drive to the client, get the material or whatever, and design the website myself, and then give it back. I got seventeen hundred. I think I spent about a thousand in just commuting from back and forth, and that's it. We saved seven hundred. I reinvested back in the business, so it went to second ad in classifieds, and then eventually, as I got more confident, I started getting more and more website projects. Then I realized I don't enjoy making websites, so I was basically working from home. again because not allowed to work and i was still not prepared to open a company so what i did was at that time in 2000s like early 2000 elance was a very popular online portal like upwork is now where you can hire developers and designers and programmers all over the world and so i used to have this offshore team i had designer in venezuela i had a team of programmers in serbia and ukraine my google ads team was in pakistan so you know i had like this all over the world team and i had a very fast turnaround time so i would get a project in the morning the next day and because my team was offshore and working on at nights when i'm sleeping by the time i wake up the next morning i would have the layouts and stuff ready so i would churn websites like two to three websites a week that means i'd making better money and thus above digital was born in 2004 if, if anybody's listening in talking about remote working you started remote working back in 04 right you sort of perfected the model that's amazing it's very funny you said something i want to just go back one step you said your family didn't allow you to do a job but they wanted you to do a business funny enough in most families it's the other way around a lot of people will say don't open your business it's it's all risky do a job first and so since then you've been with above digital above digital was founded you had a team how did above digital get into where it is today which is digital marketing performance marketing i think a lot of credit goes to my curiosity Websites were not very popular back then. People would advertise in Gulf News and different newspapers and magazines. Print was big in the early two thousands. So when I would try to sell a website, everybody want would want a brochure or make an ad and all of those things. I was not ever interested in graphic or design. I never had interest in branding and logos and stuff. But when the need is there, you have to do to earn the money, to earn the bucks, right? So. We were a web design agency creating a lot of brochures and logos and everything. But eventually, as Google Ads came in in two thousand four, we started doing SEO. We started doing, and in two thousand seven, Facebook Ads came in. I kept investing in learning. I believe in mentors, so I had a mentor in the US. I read a lot of books. So I was reading this book called The Guide to Pricing for Graphic Designers because I didn't know how to price products. I didn't know how to price my brochure or this product. So she guided me very well to attend conferences, seminar, to do public speaking, to speak one to many. So that mentor really helped me master the industry. So she advised that maybe you should visit America and go to some conferences and see what they're doing here. So I made my first trip to the U.S. I think in two thousand and eight, a digital marketing conference, and I saw what America and the West is doing when it comes to all these digital campaigns. And America was already running all these ad campaigns, selling these books. 
so much was happening in that world so i came back with this deep knowledge about all these things now the job was to convince someone to let me run a digital marketing campaign for them back then in 2008 i was not very good yet with google ads and facebook ads although both the platforms were open and available so i managed to convince one spa to give me opportunities so i told her i'll charge you 10 grand let me run this campaign for you where i'll have a landing page we'll come up with an offer so i designed an offer for her that we'll offer if anybody comes to you for a facial or a massage they'll get a free 30 minute thai massage worth 190 dirhams so when i chose thai massage because it doesn't involve product it's just therapist 30 minutes time there's a lot of mechanics when it comes to running a spa business as well she didn't want to lose her oil and for free so as a fine and then i told her then we'll upsell a one hour massage for extra 100 dirhams so that'll be an extra money that will come in from the same client so after a client spends about 350 dirhams finally i'm so glad shahida this spa was called spa dunia it doesn't exist anymore but she agreed and let me run a campaign so i created a landing page with this offer and i needed traffic now back then again like i said i was not yet very good with google ads the concept of google ads still was not popular here but timeout was hugely popular in uae you would go to timeout for everything for events for movies for everything timeout was a huge site which had a lot of traffic even the timeout magazine and stuff kind of timeout and i said okay i want to run a email marketing campaign she said okay for sending email to 10000 people it will be $1000 i'm like fine i'll take it because my project was 10000 right i had to make it work otherwise i would not get paid so i'm like fine 3000 i'll give to timeout so i told him i want to send the ad campaign so i designed the entire email marketing campaign there's a landing page and there was a thank you page i told him i want to send the email shot on tuesday at this hour to these kind of people so women who are between this and this age group and i had studied the entire thing as to how i wanted to run that campaign after learning from the west how the west did it the tuesday the decided hour the 3 o'clock when the campaign went the email shot was done to the timeouts database I think about sixteen hundred to eighteen hundred people hit the landing. Like I was sitting in front of the computer like this, just watching what's happening. You know, about sixteen hundred plus people did come on the landing page, and we got about I think one sixty, one eighty registration. So one eighty people registered to take the offer, and there was a limited time. So I applied all the principles of digital marketing, having a scarcity element, like you know the offer is valid until this much time. It was only a thirty days offer, so people showed up. In that whole month, actually, about one ten plus people came in to the spa, taking up this offer. They also upgraded. They bought packages. The spa did a business seventy five thousand dirhams in that one month. We were in business. I signed up the contract with them for a whole year. So we did different kind of campaigns throughout the year for Spa Dunia. And then, based on how my mentor guided me, all I had to do was replicate this or and become the master of the niche. So I became a spa marketing. expert you need to own your words right so beside owning i started approaching different spas and i spoke on a spa conference so there's a spa conference that happens here every year called beauty world back then i was really young as well and nobody wants a young speaker on the conference right so i reached out to the spa conference people that if you want anybody to speak on social media or digital marketing i can come and speak and she was like sorry we want experienced people to come and speak on our stage because it's a paid conference they would charge like 1500 for people for spa owners to come and attend the conference so i'm like fine so but 7 days before the conference the social media person decided not to show up for some reason and she needed to fill the spot so i get an email from the spa conference manager that this person is not coming would you be able to fill the spot i'm like sure that entire 7 days all i did was convert that campaign of spa dunia into a presentation and i had to just blabber it out on that stage so exactly what i did and i was so nervous i had never done public speaking never spoke on stage even speaking one on one i would sweat you know how you are in your early days i remember my mentor told me her name was elise benen so my mentor is like imagine the entire room is dark and you're speaking to just one person who's nodding there'll be one kind person who will know that you're nervous and will not feel just look at that one person exactly what i did there was one person one kind gentleman who was just nodding like this the entire room actually became dark for me and i was just presenting to that person the presentation got over within 20 minutes and that was the difficult 20 minutes of my life i just shared exactly what i did like how i shared with you but with slides and everything like this was the landing page this is the thank you page this is what happened after the presentation there was lunch i was not a paid speaker there but lunch was free <laughs> i'm like why not have lunch and this is my potential 100 plus people in the room potential target market 
like the perfect spa owners and sitting in the room. So I decided to hang around even though I didn't know anybody. And this one lady comes to me and she says, what you did there for that other spa, can you do it for me? I have a spa in Fraser Suites. I'm like, of course. <laughs> we were in business. <laughs> That is a phenomenal story to share. And I think you basically outlined the success story of a great public speaker is imagine the room to be dark and focus on one person. So that, my dear friends, is the secret of public speaking. But I cannot imagine the amount of courage it must have taken you to get up on stage. The motivation must have been the desire to get other people to know what you did. But what made you get on that stage so fearlessly with so much courage? Was it the desire to share what was going on in your mind? When you got up on that stage? You know, I had to kind of make it to somehow present, to share what I know and grow the company. Because I was selling, right? It was subtle selling. And I was selling one too many. I just wanted to share my story of how I can help and help many more spas and be in business. That's exactly, I think, the desire to keep the company going and make it easier to sell. That's what you do as a business owner. You would do anything in fact, there's another short story if we have time I would like to share. I realized that public speaking is not my skill. I should invest in learning. And I really think it's important for people to hear this because you should invest in skills you think you're not good at. So I decided to join Toastmasters. And this is actually linked to my story as well, why we are here. So I decided to join Toastmasters. Have you ever been to a Toastmasters meeting? I have. So do you know there's a section called Table Topics? That, so the table topic idea is that you get a random topic and you have to speak at it, correct? Yes. Yes. I said, I've recently done public speaking, so I have lots of experience. Let me raise my hand up and go up <laughs> on the stage and give another presentation. From, I don't know where the guts came to me. So I go up to the stage and suddenly the exact same fearful feeling of seeing that room full of people staring at me came back. And this big you know, transparent jar in which they have these chits came to me. I picked up a chit and I swear to God, the paper was blank. I couldn't read anything. Whatever was on that paper. The, you know how dyslexics people are? Like the numbers were flying. And I'm like, shit. Like all these letters and words are all around. And I'm like, I can't read the sentence. And I was just traumatized on stage. And the timer was, I think it's one minute, right? How much? It's 60 seconds. 60 seconds is green light. I think 70 seconds is yellow. And 90 is red. We have to finish whatever you're saying within 90 seconds yeah that's about one and a half minutes one of the longest 60 seconds of my life or maybe it's three minutes I don't know how much ever the minimum time is I don't really remember it's a very old story as I couldn't read anything I didn't want to leave the stage so what I did was I stood there and I told everyone hi guys I'm extremely traumatized and I can't read anything and all of you guys staring at me is making me feel nervous but I'm very pretty so I'm going to stand here and not leave the stage you can stare <laughs> at me I'm fine I said all of this maybe in a better way in less than 10 seconds. And I just stood there. Everybody's like, say something and try to say something. My brain was absolutely blank. I could not think of anything. Like literally, no thought. Like I was shocked. The same scene of, you know, people staring. But I stood there and when the green light came, I said, thank you. And I got a standing ovation from everybody for having the courage to stand and not leave the stage. And that is what has kept us going the courage and the grit to keep it going and make it happen and never give up. Yeah. And the other thing that is highlighted in that story is the courage to show up and face the music rather than walk away from that stage. The courage to stay on there and keep letting people watch you even though it's a difficult situation. I'm getting goosebumps just listening to the story and I feel in that a lot of people have the similar fears of not being able to speak but I think the moral of the story is it doesn't really matter as long as you show up you won the battle. That's a phenomenal story to share. So thank you for sharing that with the audience. So Above Digital is now running. You've got your first conference. You've got amazing spa businesses lining up to do business. What happened from there on? So what happened was, I really give a lot of credit to my mentor who guided me with two things. One, master a niche. And two, own your words. Like you should own your word. So back then, I was owning the word for spa marketing specialist. So if you think about spa or any spa or salon or aesthetic center needed help or clinic, Namita Ramani or at that time, even known as Saloni Creations would be the company that would come in your mind. And I became a judge for spa awards. So I kind of became, I started speaking on more spa related conferences. So I started owning the word spa marketing specialist. Then we wanted to 
kind of shift from there one because my team was very bored of just working with spas they wanted variety and i also wanted the same magic or the same strategy that we apply for a spa business we can apply to any business to be honest again going back that was a very basic stuff that i did for spa dunia because now we've evolved in a 360 degree digital marketing agency we do much advanced campaigns we run funnels we do facebook ad campaigns and google ad campaigns and we combine them like i keep going to the us and learn the skills from the best of the best there we have mentors and coaches who train me and the team we buy these training programs so you keep investing in your learning that's number one advice i would give to any business business owner or anybody who's even doing a job for any type like whether it's a marketing job always invest in your skills and own your words then we wanted to pivot and become or own the word digital marketing agency so what i did was when i started building up the team here in dubai like the offshore team in 2006 or 7 we started having an office and having a full time team one by one so i had the first person the second person joining the first person who joined me is still with me she is the head of operations amreen what i did was i reached out to dubai business women council and i offered them an 8 week digital marketing course for the business owners there so again the same target market so you stick to your target market they agreed to the concept of teaching people how to do digital marketing themselves and so for 8 weeks about 60 or 70 of the members of dubai dbwc joined in for the course free for the members so i would go week by week take exactly what you went through the 14 day digital marketing training imagine that in over 8 weeks one session a week so kind of it made us very popular with the word digital marketing all these 60 people would talk to their world and a lot of inquiries and references came started coming in from there DBWC also gave us an award. They got us a magazine article, like an article in Khalish Times. So that got us the name Digital Marketing. And then we started promoting ourselves as a digital marketing agency. I launched a podcast like yours, and this is what got us here. Like as long as you stay put to your goals, talking to the right, the same audience, you keep doing a different activities aiming at that audience. There are absolutely two things that I want to highlight in your conversation. There, one is owning a niche. you need to know your niche and owning that niche so well that you become an easy referral when it comes to someone's mind to say oh if it's digital marketing talk to above digital and the second thing you said was having a coach a mentor who can help you upskill i think those are two very key things i want to have you just talk about owning the niche bit with i feel it is something that i've learned as well as running cloudscape is to have your niche what is a good thing that you can talk to business owners and tell them when it comes to owning a niche how do they find that niche i just want to take you off on a side question here for a few minutes so you know a lot of time clients come to us and i ask them so who is your target market they say everyone everyone cannot be your target market it has to be a particular kind of person who is your target market let's take my own example if i go back to owning the word spa marketing so when i was actually discovering my niche i'll tell you the process how i found the spa niche So my mentor told me, "What do you like doing back then?" Yeah, I was really struggling in my personal life as well as in business. That's when I decided to have a coach, and she made me go through all the process of having public speaking and having a niche and everything. So, how I discovered spa was, she said, "What do you like?" Okay, I said, "I like to visit art galleries. I like to have coffee, and I love going for spas." This is exactly the process I went through, by the way. Yeah. So she said, "Where would you like to start with?" I'm like, "Really? I have to start from here?" She's like, "Yeah, you should work for companies that you enjoy working with, and it starts with what you enjoy doing." I'm like, "Fine." So I went to art galleries. So I found out about ten, fifteen art galleries in Dubai. A lot of them are in DIFC. They have paintings worth thirty, forty thousand dollars, but nobody wants to spend a dime in digital marketing or any marketing. Forget digital. Not even having a website. I went to these guys and I asked them if you want a website or if you would like to do some marketing or email marketing to sell a painting. They said, "Sorry, we're not interested. It doesn't work. We have events." there are these gallery shows people come for the show and then the paintings are sold like that so nobody showed me interest i came back so every week i would have this coaching call with her right so second line was the coffee shop so i contacted caribou and costa and you know whatever other standalone coffee shop i kind of made a list of about 20 coffee shops and i approached each one of them i found out that one of the coffee shops i don't want to name the brand their head office is in kuwait or something So there's a big mafia to reach the right person to get a project. I'm like being a single person here, a solopreneur at that time. I was a solopreneur. No way a coffee shop will sign up with a solopreneur. They'll work with bigger advertising agencies. So that was again cut. The last game was the spa marketing. So I went to one of the spas here, hotel spas, and I asked them, "How do you promote your offers and stuff? Do you send any email newsletter?" She's like, "No," and I'm like, 
how can you not send an email newsletter so at that time i was uh, very the book called entertainer which was very popular and they would get one on one free so i would finish all my favorite spas and then i also found out by going to a lot of spas that they have these monthly offers so once when i was looking for a deal at one particular my favorite spa i called them and checked do you have any offer and she told me this is the offer i'm like no this is not a good offer then i called the second spa then she gave me her offer and then the third spa i'm giving her offer i'm like god i wish all these offers were in a newsletter or something for me that's when the idea came to compile a newsletter for spas so what i did was i created a newsletter with about 25 spas and their monthly offers and i did a tiny test on facebook at that time facebook's ad platform was brand new in 2007 for signing up for a spa newsletter to receive what are the different spa offers going on in these different spas I'm using the word different a lot anyway so within like a day i had 300 people sign up for the newsletter i'm like this is something which is going to work and that's how actually we gave birth to spa genie so another thing my mentor told me was give something to your potential clients to come to you versus you going to them so what i did was i created a portal called spa genie which was reveal spa deals so if you're a spa or a salon or an aesthetic center or a clinic you have these monthly offers that you would like to tell to the world you can be part of spa genie's portal and we'll promote you for free so versus me going to spa spa side coming to us i'll have access to all their details their owners names so i didn't have to work hard at all to find who owns the spa and who is the right person to talk to they would come to us but then there was a lot of work in that by the way so now that i have all the spas and their offers now i need people to go to these spas right so i would spend a lot of effort and a little bit of money as well to get these end users going to spas so that also gave us a lot of training in digital marketing like our own hard earned money was spent in our own training in a way so i would direct traffic to the spa genie portal make people look at these spas and that gave us a lot of insights as to what's working what's not and then as i doing the spa dunia campaign that i showed earlier i would send these newsletters to these 1200 spas on my network and we will send them newsletters on how we can help at that time what 100% of business was coming from spas but even today but spa genie portal doesn't exist i mean it did its job and it was closed because it was not my goal even today 60% of our clients are spas salons and clinics but actually now we are kind of growing to different industries and that's how you started to own the spa niche that's how i started to own the i was a spa genie at that time amazing it is so important to have a niche you said something in there that i want to highlight again there was probably one person that was your target audience but there are so many other people just like that that need the same level of help there is a secret of being so niche that you will find other people that look just like that that need help thank you for sharing and thank you for talking about the two most important things one is having a coach and second finding your niche and owning the words those are amazing things to talk about so i know about digital now for a long time and i'm so glad that you shared this story because i didn't know this story either but i know that above digital is a phenomenal marketing agency you work with some of the biggest brands in the uae and i want you to tell the audience about what is digital marketing for a inventory based business owner so for someone who's running a retail business a restaurant business uh, someone who manages inventory how can digital marketing help them you know i think digital marketing is a very broad word let's simplify it is basically marketing of promoting your company on digital platforms so it's online platforms so it's whether it's google facebook instagram whatsapp you're all digital format you're not printing anything or your website so you just basically reaching out to your potential target market in digital format is in my simple words this is my own terminology i'm not going with google's definition of digital marketing and whatever business you are whether you're a service industry or a restaurant or an inventory based or a retail or a fashion outlet you have a product and you want someone to buy this you go to them where they hang out the most where are currently people hanging out what do you do when you are looking for something so people like you and me everyone today is you google it which means when you're looking for something you go on google so i have all these places where i can reach out to the and if i want to sell to the no matter what product or service i am whether i am a restaurant i am a sunglasses company i am a fashion company whatever i am i can target dhiren in these places on google on his email 
on Instagram, on Facebook, maybe LinkedIn. Sometimes some people hang out on LinkedIn as well, and whatever other platforms you would think of. So when you Google or when you Facebook or Instagram, if you find something interesting, you click on it. When you click on something, it takes you to a website. So a website is the most important thing a company in today's world should have a good, strong website which works as their sales team online. Because when people are googling you or when you try to do any marketing, if even when you give a business card to someone, the first thing they will do is they will go Google you where your website will come up, or they will straight away write your website address. And that's the last thing people invest in. But nowadays, I think people are getting more educated. You reach out to the target market through these digital platforms. And these platforms are so advanced these days. Both Google and Facebook, which are the most primary platform, because most of the people use these two platforms to do everything. Like whether you're hanging out and socializing or doing social media, you hang out on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or all these different channels, depending on what age group you are or what interests you. Or you Google things, right? Both these platforms are technologically so advanced that they give you some scripts and codes that you put in your website and it can track everything the website person is doing on your website. So much so you can show them ads on Google, on YouTube, on display. Like you can retarget that person for such small money. Which other form of media will give you access to your potential customer for fills and cents and not thousands of dirhams, which I don't know any other form of media. If you go print or radio, like these are all very great forms of media marketing as well. But once you're in print, somebody's read the article, the magazine become old, it's gone. But on digitally, you have constant, I have constant access to Jiren every single day. That's such a great definition of digital marketing. It's so powerful. All it is, is the desire for me to sell a product to my target audience and being able to find them on these social channels, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and displaying an ad to them. I like that. I think it really simplifies the whole complex world of digital marketing. Digital marketing, like you were saying earlier, is a very big word. It's a very complex world. Now you've talked about you wanting to sell to Dirin. You found Dirin on LinkedIn. You found Dirin on Instagram and you're serving ads. Is that all there is to digital marketing? I'm sure there's a lot more. Yeah. There's also something called intent. Now, for example, why would Dirin be interested in a golf product? or a fashion product. So there's a consumer intent also, right? So this is called right target market or right targeting. It's the same concept. The whole world is not your client. Like Instagram or Facebook has 10 million active users in UAE. You can't run an ad campaign to 10 million users. Our algorithms will not even deliver your ads. So you need to find the right people who would be interested in your product or service, right? So there's audience targeting. There's also funneling, like, there's a journey, like there's a client journey, right? There's a cold client, like a cold lead. And then they become warm and they become a hot and ready to buy from you. So every potential client for every business go through this journey. They, are, they have never heard about you. Suddenly they hear about you. Then they show interest in what you have to offer, maybe because you solve a problem. And the next thing is they want to buy from you. So you have to transition your customer from cold to being a hot. And that's again a different strategy. It's a process. For each business, each industry, it differs from client to client. And you have to kind of have that journey on digital. The same thing what you do in person, you do it digitally. So you have blogs that you write. You create good quality content on your Instagram as well. So there's all of these other aspects that come into play there. Absolutely. I think content is very, very important because your audience, like you said earlier, is going to start searching on Google. And if they find good quality content, they're going to be attracted because they're going to know, like, and trust you. So important. So I want to ask you, if someone was just getting started, they've opened a retail business, they've opened an e-commerce business, now they want to get started with digital marketing, what are the things they should keep in mind? So e-commerce business is different. A service-based business is different retail. So what exactly, one, you should know the goal of your campaign. What exactly you want to achieve by running a digital marketing campaign? Like if you have a store, do you want people to come to the store? Then it's a different kind of a campaign. Do you want to get phone calls? That's a different kind of campaign. Do you want to receive leads as email addresses and phone numbers, like a full lead, like a proper person who's interested in your product or service? That's a lead generation campaign. In e-commerce, we usually run sales-based campaigns because it's online e-commerce system, right? You can run a campaign driving traffic to the website and making actually a spurt. It's a conversion-based campaign, we call it. So for different businesses, different kind of campaigns. So one, know your goal. No digital campaign should be without a revenue KPI. We as an agency work with revenue goals, no matter whatever you are, a fashion brand, service brand, or a 
e-commerce brand, there's always a revenue KPI attached to it. To be honest, you will have to invest in the website. Whatever money you will spend in digital marketing, you're going to be sending these people to your website. So it's very important the website is equipped to sell. So for example, when somebody clicks on Google and they come to your website, but the contact button is not clear or the call to action, which is your phone number is not clear, what exactly you want the customer to do for you? How should they reach out to you? And why should they reach out to you? If you don't answer all those questions properly in the way the website is structured, then all the efforts will be gone to waste. So it's all linked. All of these things are linked. So as a business, if you want to invest in digital marketing, speak to a proper agency who can guide you, who can run you through these steps. What is the three-month goal or the monthly goal or whatever goals you have? It should always lead to revenue KPIs. It can't be just fluff that I'll send this much traffic to your website and these many followers. You don't care about followers. Having followers is a byproduct of a digital campaign. It should be sending quality traffic to your website that makes people buy from you, basically. So that's what I would suggest people to kind of look into. Awesome. And look, I think it is a very complex space and you already alluded to this in your advice there is talk to an agency. A lot of people are intimidated by digital agencies. Can you talk about what a business owner should ask a digital agency other than having a revenue KPI, which I think is very important. It's not about just leads and follows, but it's about KPIs. Are there any other questions that a business owner should ask a digital agency before they sign them up? Yeah, I mean, they should see their previous work. What are different kind of campaigns they've run for other clients? Maybe ask them for a live demo. Maybe they will not give you access to the control, but at least see how the agency is running other client campaigns and what kind of leads they are generating for them or what kind of results they are generating from them. That's number one. Number two, you should always know your exit clause. Make sure that you know, God forbid, if it's not going to work, how would you exit so you don't lose the money that you've kind of signed up for. So when you have a KPI, if they are not meeting the KPI, you should know when to exit, which is immediately, we don't want to waste your money or be with them for three months or six months if nothing is coming back. Like you're spending 10 grand and you're not even getting two grand, something is wrong. So have an exit clause straight up. Third, don't give access to your social media accounts, basically logins and passwords to agencies. And then tomorrow they can also, you know, put you in trouble. So always own your accounts to yourself. And you give them managerial access or sub-accesses. Never give login and password to your agency. That's another very important because we have some clients who come to us and the other agencies are not releasing their login password because they didn't finish the contract or whatever reason. Amazing. Those are very key tips. Even with websites, similar advice people will say it is not to give your website access to someone because these are so important these days in the digital world. All of these are your digital assets and you just can't give them the login key to say, here you go. Correct. But just have your goals uh, sorted out first. Like, what will I get if I invest 10 grand? What am I going to get back? So have clear goals. Got it. If working with an agency is not possible, is it possible for a business owner to do this themselves? Can they get started? Well, if you have the time, energy, and the brains, why not? Everything is free. Facebook ad platform is free. Google ad platform is free. To be honest, it's not a one person's job. So you need multiple skills. You need good graphic design skills. You need these tools like Facebook tools or Instagram as well as Google Ads. They're pretty extensive and pretty deep. Try to set up an ad campaign yourself. And if you don't do it right, Facebook will finish up the money in a minute and you will not see any result coming in. I mean, you can give it a try and see how it goes. And if it doesn't work, have an agency or have someone else help you who knows the system. Yeah, it's important to know the system. I think also the other big thing that we're talking about here is as a business, there are so many other things that a business owner needs to do. Digital marketing may not necessarily be one of the things that they enjoy or they want to learn about. I would suggest do what you're best at, run your company. Exactly. So tell me, Namita, then, especially now with COVID, has marketing changed, do you think, for a business owner? Oh, it has changed big time. I think it's time now every business learns how to pivot and go digital because COVID is not going to go away so easy. The impact is going to be for the next couple of years. People are not going to go out a lot. A lot of online shopping and online ordering and everything online. Like for example, even medical is going online. Like you talk to your doctor now on Zoom. So your doctor consultation is happening on this telemedical now. So the world is moving digital and if you are not really taking care of it, it's no way possible to survive. Like if you're thinking of having a brick and mortar business and expect people to walk in and not have a website or do online promotion, it's not going to last long. So this is what I believe. 
Absolutely. I think a lot of people are now, as you said, they're all doing this from home. Everybody is looking on Google. They're looking to do everything online. So can you share any other learnings in having done marketing for so many other businesses, especially now with COVID? What other learnings can you share? Any trends that you've seen? So I'm seeing a lot of people really pivoting and coming up with interesting concepts. So for example, one of the big trends I saw was in fitness industry, which is the most hardly hit. With fitness centers closing down, yoga centers, fitness centers, a lot of them actually have kind of gone away from the market. But some of them who are fighters, what they did was they started Zoom training. And during the COVID period, during the lockdown, I myself, you know, you need your exercise. You're not allowed to go out. You might as well work out from home, right? So I would have my teacher on the phone and I'm doing my yoga practice and she's watching me. And the price for online Zoom classes was one-fourth the price of live classes at the center. Much more affordable and there's still some income coming in for the shala as well as for the teacher. So that was quick and smart. I see fitness industry kind of pivoting. I was talking to one of the other business owners who has a fitness studio in Dubai. Also wanting to go global now. A lot of fitness trainers, personal trainers, they want to have digital Zoom classes and Zoom trainings and online programs. So a lot of these fitness industries kind of pivoting big time and having Zoom consultations and Zoom classes and everything. I'm seeing a lot of new e-commerce sites also pop up. A lot of uh, brick and mortar retail stores are now going all digital. So I think the whole world is transforming. Everything in every industry is transforming and getting more into digital. Indeed. And I think, as you said earlier, Google, Instagram, Facebook, they all give you so much access to people that not utilizing these platforms would be a disservice to your business. This is where everybody is hanging out. Again, knowing your niche, knowing where they hang out, knowing the channels they frequent, that would be a great place to start. I also want to talk about books. You mentioned earlier in this conversation that books are a very key part, and I truly believe that. So I want to ask you for some book recommendations. What books would you recommend for an entrepreneur to read? Oh God, there's so many books. I think one of the books that changed my life was Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Not only reading the book, but I also used to teach the book. That transformed my personal life and my business life because many you understand the seven habits, you know, I know if you've read the book, have you read the book, Seven Habits? A long, long time ago. You know, be proactive, begin with the end in mind, synergy, emotional bank account. That actually taught me human relationship. And that is so important in your personal and business life, right? Managing your team, getting the best out of your team. All of it, I think I will give the credit to the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I love Robin Sharma. He's one of my favorite authors. I kind of read all his books. I'm in his 5am club, or maybe I used to be since last one month. I'm being a little lazy. But I always believed in the 5am club, waking up at 5am, doing your exercise in the morning. Routine. Like the morning time is like my time. I would journal, I would exercise, and I would be the first one to reach office, even though I don't have to be the first one to reach office. So having the right habits, the 5am club is one of the very good books I would recommend. Atomic Habits is a great book as well. There's a huge list. I'll keep going on in all the different books I'm reading. There was a time when I was reading a lot of brain books because I'm into marketing and it's the brain that makes people take action, right? So I read a lot about brain, how brain functions, how do people take action, what triggers action. So that affects the way we write copy. So I read these kind of books and then go educate my team. Like, you know, this book says this and that. I give them the highlights and then start applying those key learnings in the way they write copy. And that helps in making our campaigns perform better. So I would also recommend picking the books that are part of your industry that help you get better results in what you're doing. Like the brain books I used to read helped me in doing better marketing. Tony Muzan and so many other brain books I've read. You're right. I think these three books are phenomenal. One of the books that I read recently, which was related to marketing, I don't know if you've read it. It's called The Brain Audit. It's a really good book. I'll make sure we list all these books in the show notes. And I'll also add a, a link to Brain Audit if you have a chance. It's a great book to read. It presents this idea of the seven red bags that a customer needs before they make a purchase. Equates the seven red bags that you put on a conveyor belt before you take off for a trip. And then when you reach your destination, you take those seven red bags off the conveyor belt. So it's a very interesting book. It's a very interesting analogy. I'll make sure we list them in the show notes. But if you haven't read it, have a read. I want to ask you, Namita, you've shared so much information about, about digital. you shared the story. I want you to talk about, uh, as an entrepreneur, were there any tough times? You, you talked a lot about in the first few months, the first few years, the fundamental years. But since then, as your team has grown, have there been any challenges? So many. Every day is a new challenge. It's a different challenge. 
Like I remember the time when I was growing from one to two to three to four to five. There was time we were fifty. So we had multiple offices. We had two offices in India and one in Dubai. One of our offices in India was in Ahmedabad, and we were big time into web business. We we're doing a lot of websites. So I had about thirty web developers sitting in the Ahmedabad office, and it became a nightmare to manage that team. I just didn't know how to manage them. I used to be a Sachin Tendulkar. Just an analogy I'm giving. Like he wants to make every shot perfect. He will give his best, and I used to be a Sachin Tendulkar, and I would expect everyone in my team to be a Sachin Tendulkar because I am one, right? It doesn't work like that. And he told me, Namita, you are the Tendulkar. Doesn't mean everybody's going to be Tendulkar. Forget Tendulkar. Be the Dhoni. <laughs> so basically, I don't know if anybody who connects with Indian cricket, like Dhoni, is a different kind of a captain. He knows what is the best potential in each of the players, and he would use them to their best capacities. Right? He'll put the right player at the right time, and all that, and make the country win. So when I understood that concept of being Dhoni, that's when the way we manage the team and everything changed. The way I started looking at everybody and the way the kind of work they do and giving people what they enjoy doing so that helped us in retaining our teams. You know, there's so many challenges as a growing business. You have increments, you have bonuses, you have so much different things happening, and there's every day is a new challenge. What is the secret to success? What do you think has been the one thing that has helped you keep getting through these challenges? Because there's so many, like you said, there's one every day. How do you get through them? Having empathy for your clients and for your team is a secret because there are times when, for example, I'm bringing my head of operations. We keep getting into this argument. I say, no, this should be the fees we should charge. Why are we reducing the fees? Whatever argument that I'm having with her for a client, then she would make me understand and you kind of empathize, right? And empathize with the team also, person who's maybe overloaded or not able to perform. So you show empathy and see what can we do to help the team member. And to be honest, I don't like firing people like. When we have, when somebody comes on board first, we have a lot of process. Like I learned very early on to make sure that you choose the right people. And when we hire people, we don't look at their skills because skills can be learned as long as they have the overall information, like a broad view of like they have basic skills. We are good with that, but we check their mind. What kind of a mind they have? How do they think? Learning the tools of Google Ads and Facebook Ads is one week or ten days job. If we go to make you go through the certification, you will become the master of all the buttons, where is what, and everything. There's no point knowing the tools if you don't know what to do with them. Having the right strategic mind. So when we hire people, we hire based on the kind of mind they have. But everybody has a different learning meter, right? Some people learn faster, some people learn slower. So we invest in them. We invest in their training. So we do everything to kind of help the person grow and blossom in the company. It comes down to empathy, having empathy for your clients and for your team, for everyone. So true. And also the other thing is. Something that I learned in my career is attitude is key. Technical knowledge is one thing, and like you said, that can be learned very easily. It's the attitude that's really important. So I think the two things that I picked up from this one is empathy, and second is hiring the people not necessarily with the best skill set, but with the right attitude. Because everything else can be learned. That is something that my ex boss once told me. He's like, I can teach you everything that you need to know as long as you are willing to learn. Everything else will come to you. Having an open mind and having a mind that can Think right. that can understand and compute rather than wanting to be the best at just pushing buttons. So true, Namita. One last question I want to ask you is: You're on the Elevated Entrepreneur podcast. What does it mean for you to be an Elevated Entrepreneur? I think I will again come back to being kind and empathetic. Being an entrepreneur, I think authenticity is so important for any business to succeed. And even a person, you are elevated when you are authentic. I would like to relate both these words. When you authentically serve whatever you're selling, whether you're selling a shoe or a yoga class or whatever you're selling, you're selling from heart. You're selling authentically, wishing good and serving to that person, whoever is buying from you. It will elevate you and your business. And nobody can stop growth of a authentic, genuine business, right? I think the definition of being an elevated entrepreneur will be being authentic in whatever we do and how we serve our clients and how we live our life. That's one of the very important values to me as well in life, being authentic and being genuine because it shows. You can feel it. When you're sitting with someone who has not good interest for you or who wants to hard sell you or force sell you, you just feel it. I'll give an example. We recently bought a new bike. I'm into cycling. The person who's helping me at Wolfie's, his name is Paul, and passion with which he 
talks about the bike, not to sell me the most expensive bike, the right bike that I need. Even if I'm looking at the one which is more expensive, he would talk me out of it and tell me why this is better for me. So that was genuine selling. That was authentic. And not only did I buy that bike for myself and we bought a couple of one more other bike and all my gear, like I go to that store and I ask for Paul because I just know it, that Paul will give me the right advice and he will not oversell or hard sell to me. And this is how it should be. I speak to clients. Like I would not try to sell someone just because I want to make extra money on the person should pay us this much versus this much. So being authentic when you serve is the definition of being an elevated entrepreneur is what I would say. I love that. Thank you so much. That is phenomenal. And I love the story that you talked about. And that example is so poignant. It's so hard hitting. I think something as simple as buying a bicycle, you shared so much in that one example of trusting the person and you got his trust because he was honest. Once you trusted him, you were looking for him every time and he became your trusted advisor. And that I think something that all of us business owners should do for our clients serve authentically. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Now with the last question before we wrap up, where can people find you and how can people get in touch with Above Digital? So you can visit our website www.abovedigital.com and if you just Google my name, Namita Ramani, you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn and I would love to invite your listeners to our podcast which is Successful Marketing for Small Businesses in Dubai. We are on YouTube, iTunes, as well as Spotify. And I have one more question. If you would like, I can kind of reshare this podcast on our show as well. Absolutely. And I'll make sure that obviously I've linked your podcast in our show notes. And I have to say before we wrap up, I've listened to your podcast. I've seen your podcast. You do a phenomenal job. And I invite everybody. If you want to learn about marketing and you want to hear from some of the best business owners, then your podcast is the best one. Namita, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you, Bujang, for having me. It was fun. Thank you so much for staying with me till the very end of the episode. You've done it. I've got three specific asks for you. Only if you think that this podcast is worthy of your support and if you've enjoyed the content. My first request is for you to hit the subscribe button. Actually smash that subscribe button so that you can get notified when new episodes come your way. Or if you haven't already, head on over to elevatedentrepreneur.fm and subscribe to the podcast on the website so that new episodes are emailed to you right away. My second request is for you to help me spread the word with your friends and families and business owners that would enjoy this podcast and help elevate them too. You can do that either by leaving a review on your Apple device or just telling your friends how cool this podcast is. And finally, if there's a question that you've been dying to ask me or if there's pieces of feedback that you'd like to give me, head on over to elevatedentrepreneur.fm slash speak where you'll be able to record a voice message that I can listen to and also maybe feature here on the podcast together with my answer. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you, much love and I'll see you in the next one.